Good morning, everyone. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. It's good to see you on the fourth day of December, the first Sunday of December, as we're full speed ahead toward Christmas. And the month of December always brings Christmas, but always reminds us of um, the, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which um, raises money for international missions. And we saw a video earlier about just the, the lostness and the great need around the world, and just wanted to highlight a couple of things. Uh, i tell you good morning. There is a prayer guide this morning that you'll find for the week of prayer, which starts today, which gives you daily um, things to pray for missionaries that around the world. Um, there's also additional information available if you go to the International Mission Board website, and you can also, if you're phone savvy, tech savvy, there is a 
QR code on the back that you can access on your phone to find more information. And there is also an envelope that looks like this that is for your contribution to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Just remembering that that is an eternal investment in God's work among the nations around the world. Our church goal this year is $4,500, and all that goes to help um, spread the gospel, the good news around the world. So as you pray, as you consider, as you give, use one of these envelopes. If you don't have an envelope and you write a check, just put Lottie Moon on there and just uh, or missions, and we'll know to get it to the right place. Just want to welcome those that are visiting this morning. Um, just say we're glad you're here. We hope you enjoy the service. That We have a card in the bulletin. It looks just like this. It's a great way to let us know about your visit or ask questions that you might have um, or just request additional information. Or if you need to share a prayer request with us, just write it on this card. We pass an offering plate around in a few minutes, and you can put that inside the offering plate, and we'll um, respond to that as necessary. Now, if you have a copy of the bulletin, you may notice that there's a pretty busy calendar. December usually um, has that sort of ring, not only for churches, but also for, for families. And let me just highlight a few things. Um, I already mentioned that the Lottie Moon Week of Prayer starts today, and so you can give to Lottie Moon throughout the month of December. Also, if you picked up one of the cards for Holiday Friends through Harvest House, and we need those back here at the church tomorrow, and they're going to come and pick those up to prepare for um, their Christmas event. And then there's three other opportunities that are coming up for you to help get in the Christmas spirit. Um, on Wednesday, just please be in prayer. Wednesday morning, we have several students from Nichols Middle School that are going to be coming to our um, church campus to help us put up the Christmas decorations. So it'll be a great opportunity for those students to be inside the building. It's a great opportunity for you to pray um, for those um, that they would um, experience the, the light of Christ during the season of Christmas. And it's a wonderful opportunity as we continue to build relationships and a partnership with um, Nichols Middle School, which is just right down the road. So that's this Wednesday starting at 9. Also, next Saturday on the 10th, you may remember the Friday after Thanksgiving that it rained, and then it rained, and it rained. And Sunset Hill Tree Farm um, postponed their old-time Christmas hayride that tells the, the story about Jesus. Well, they've rescheduled that for December the 10th at 5 o'clock. So if you are available to go, it's $8 a person, and all of that money goes toward Next Step Women's Center to help um, um, women and their families as they deal with um, pregnancy and hopefully helping them to see the value of life and to choose life. And so that's next Saturday, the 10th, and then that Sunday, the 11th, at 6 o'clock. Um, I want to personally invite you here to the church for our for a church-wide Christmas party. Um, there will be something for everyone, um, young and older, um, mature and not so mature, um, the creative, the crafty, the smart. Um, we will have fun together around tables as we get ready to celebrate the Christmas season. Um, your responsibilities are, one, to show up, come, and two, to bring a finger food, sandwich, snack, um, dessert, or something like that, and we will enjoy... Um, fellowship around tables, we'll play some fun games, and most of all, we'll fellowship together um, because of the relationship we have with um, one another and with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's next Sunday evening on the 11th at 6 p.m. And then one last thing before we read from Isaiah chapter 60 on the 18th of December, and that's a few weeks away, um, we will have right after the morning service a called business meeting, and that will be to vote on the 
2023 proposed budget and also a request from the church staffing committee that was selected one of our business meetings. Um, I'm making that announcement because that's a required announcement. And you may wonder, what is all this about? Well, just wait. It's in the, it will be in the mail um, starting next week. Um, you'll receive a, a letter with a copy of the proposed budget, a letter from our staffing committee about the, um, the upcoming vote. And um, you'll have opportunity um, to ask, ask questions about the budget, to seek um, you know, information that you need well ahead of things. So that should go out in the mail next week, giving us you know, a little less than two weeks um, with the mail to, to pray and prepare for those. And we'll get back to you with scheduled times to um, review the budget. But just wanted to make that note to you on the 18th, I will have a call business meeting. So be looking in your mailboxes. And if for some reason you don't receive it by the end of um, next week, let us know and we'll make sure you get a copy because I know um, we've had some difficulties with the postal service um, in the past. I'd like for us to read together from Isaiah chapter 60. We'll read only the first five verses, and then our deacons are going to come, and we'll receive our offering this morning. As we approach this Christmas season, I want us to focus um, specifically on the theme of light, how Jesus came to be the light of the world. And near the, the book, and near the end of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah wrote these words about the light that was soon to arrive. Chapter 60, verse 1 begins, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your, your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Gentlemen, come as we offer. Father in heaven, again we come to you because you are our heavenly Father and you've given instructions that we should come on this special day of the week to worship you, to, to uh, hear your word preached, and Lord, to give you a chance to speak to our hearts and uh, what you have each one of us for. And we thank you, Lord, for Rusty, and we pray for you, for him. We pray, Lord, that... Uh, you would use him as he's prepared for to preach your word, that you would give the unction and the power to it that only you can give and make it apply to each one of us in the areas that we need it and that you're concerned about for us. We thank you, Lord, that all things belong to you, and, and we just thank you for blessing us so abundantly. And now, Lord, as we give back a portion of that to you, as a thanksgiving for what you've done for all of us. But, uh, we pray you bless it wherever it is used here locally and all the way around the world. We pray that you would bless it and use it. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
you stand and sing with us this morning?
that will stand forever. The angels sing, glory, glory, hallelujah. The light, the light is come. The light, the light is
Thank you. You may be seated. Brother Bible with you. You can find your place in Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll be reading from there in just a couple of moments together as we take opportunity to study together from, from God's Word. You know, if you, if you think about it, if you're in the middle of a dark room, just a, a simple candle, you know, a simple candle can provide a, a lot of of light, that one's going to go out because I blew it out. But a simple candle can provide much light, or a flashlight can help you you know, find your way into the dark. I'm, I don't think that's terribly bright, but I'm not going to shine it in your eyes. Or in the middle of the night, just finding the light switch that you happen to need to find so you don't run into something can light up a room. Light shining in the middle of darkness, people declare, I, I can see. And at that moment, if you're a fearful child, the fears are dismissed. If you're hunting out into the woods, the reality of what is there is exposed. Or for some, simply, hope is kindled. Light. It's pure. It's bright. It's powerful. And in the world that we live in, there's an absence of light. There's darkness all around. Evil, sin, sadness, depression, struggle. There's a weary world waiting. They're waiting for hope. They're waiting for light. And long ago, the promise of light came to God's people through God's prophet Isaiah. That in a time of darkness and gloom, when God's people were sinful people living in a sinful society, where they were called offsprings of evildoers, and in the book, beginning of the book, Isaiah laments that an ox knows who owns it and a donkey knows its master, but Israel doesn't know its master. And they don't recognize the one that cares for them. Their situation was desperate. It was bleak. It was dark. Because God had plans for a nation, the Assyrians, who were just beginning to rise into power to come and invade. There would be judgment. There would be violence. Things were dark and getting darker. But in the future, God showed Isaiah hope. He showed him light, that light was indeed coming. That there was change on the horizon. Deliverance and new life would be available. There would be a glimmer of hope and gloom, a light shining in the dark, a Savior for the world. And I want us to think about this morning the idea that Jesus came to bring light into a dark world so that everyone who believes in Him can walk 
in the light. For the next four weeks together, we're going to explore the light of Christmas and see that ultimately that light is Jesus and that hope and transformation are found in Him, Him alone. And whether you're a committed Christian, whether you're somebody that's starting to wrestle with doubts and questions because of heartache and pain, or maybe you're just on the skeptical side of things, wondering if this really is true. I hope that for these next weeks that you'll attend and listen, examine the the truth, the evidence. Let God's Word speak to you. Be open to adjusting your life to the truth, and then expect God to do His work and bring about change. Because darkness may be all around us, but... We are here today because Jesus is the light of the world. And so leading up to Christmas, we're going to look today at a light that shined in the darkness. Next week, we're going to look at John chapter 1, the idea that Jesus is both light and life. On the 18th, we're going to look at Jesus' wonderful statement in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. And then I hope you're making plans now to join us on Christmas Eve, the 24th, Saturday night, 6 p.m. for our candlelight service where we'll celebrate the light and the fact that the Word became flesh. And then Christmas morning, Sunday morning, hope you'll come and just listen as we celebrate our Savior, as we have communion together, and we just listen to the wonder and the beauty of the Christmas story. And then January 1st, as we start 2023, we'll wrap up this series and we'll look at what it means as John writes in 1 John about walking in the light. But I'm excited about this. I don't think we should wait any longer. John, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter 9. Let us read these first few verses together. Chapter 1, chapter chapter 9, verse 1. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoils. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Will you pray with me briefly? Lord, we thank you for the light that shines in the darkness. We thank you for Jesus.
who is the light, and we thank you for the opportunity to study this morning. Help us to hear your word, to see your truth. Help our hearts to be changed. Help our lives to be different because we've been in your presence and we've heard your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning from Isaiah the prophet, we're going to look at the problem of darkness and God's provision of light through Jesus that was promised in Isaiah and that's present in the Lord Jesus. So let's see how God shines his light into darkness this morning. There's a simple outline on the back of, of the bulletin there. It's got three points, and we're going to look at the present darkness first. Because here's the reality. There's darkness all around us, both physical and spiritual darkness. Now, we understand that the physical darkness cycles. There's the sunrise in the morning, and there's the sunset in the evening, that it becomes light and it gets dark. We know what it's like to walk into an empty room and flip a light switch on and see it come from dark to light. It's easy for us to understand in the physical. But we have to understand that spiritual darkness is always present. It represents everything that opposes God. It's the kingdom of darkness that's ruled by Satan. It wars against everything God stands for, and it hates the light. Now, this kingdom of darkness includes every person without a personal relationship with Jesus. But the hope we're going to see in Jesus is that he can transform anyone, can remove them from the dominion of darkness and transfer them into his kingdom of light by faith in Jesus. But because there is a kingdom of darkness and people without Jesus are in darkness, people around us are walking in darkness. Now, we know what it is like to walk around in the dark, right? It's hard to find where you're going. You struggle. You suffer along the way. You run into things. There's bumps. There's bruises. There's exclamations of pain. And Isaiah identifies these people in verse 2, the people walking in darkness. Now, in this time, he's talking about God's people, the nation of Israel. And because they have not been faithful to their end of the covenant, God promises to be their God and they would be their people, but God asks them to love Him and to obey Him. And they've chosen to live their lives their own way and not God's way. doesn't sound too unfamiliar to our own day. And they refuse to accept God's invitation to come back. In the first, second chapter of Isaiah, verse 5, God says this, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. There's a calling back to the light. But because Israel does not listen, and they choose to continue to walk in disobedience, God is going to send judgment. The gloom and darkness that they were experiencing would get worse. The Assyrian army would trample the ground with their war boots. Blood would be shed. People would suffer and darkness would grow darker. And this is the light 
of the situation that Isaiah paints the picture in. And so when he says that this gloom or this darkness is going away, it should bring great hope and encouragement. But as we think about the idea of darkness, it should remind us that because there is evil in the world, because people walk in heartache and pain and feel the oppression of these things, that darkness is still all around us. And our prayers should be lifted up that it would come to an end. But if people walk in darkness, why in the world would they? What's so attractive about it? John chapter 3, Jesus points out that men love darkness more than light. Why? Because light, when you shine it, exposes things. The light of God's holiness exposes sin and evil. And in response, those people that walk in darkness hate the light and avoid the light. And they choose to to live in the dark shadows of life. And so when we think about people around us that are in the dark, we have folks that are rebellious. They know the truth and don't care about following it. Others are just clueless. They don't know that they need something and they don't know what they need. Others are obstinate. They're in the dark, but they know, but they're not willing to listen. And then there's those that are just debilitated. They're paralyzed by the darkness and they don't know what to do and each one needs deliverance and they need new life. I don't want us to get too depressed about the darkness because darkness is indeed dark, but darkness does not have the last word. We have to understand that God rules over the darkness. Psalm 115 verse 3 reminds us that our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. Reminding us that God is in complete control of everything. There's not a restriction to that. There's not a limitation. Nature and weather, God's got that. People and nations, God's in control. Events that seem random to us, God knew about long before they happened. But you might say, what about evil? What about darkness? Yes, God's even over that. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7, God says, I form light and create darkness. I make success and I create disaster. I am the Lord who does all of these things. Pastor and writer Christopher Ash says this about evil. Even evil itself cannot have an existence without the control and direction of God. It's a puzzling wonder that evil could exist, that God allows it to exist, and at the same time God is over it and in control. But if we truly believe that God is who the Bible says He is, and that He controls the entire universe, then we have to believe and affirm that He is over both light and dark. That He's closely involved in every human life. That He works in a way that doesn't eliminate human choice. We still have the ability to say yes to God and no to God. Spiritual darkness has been around ever since the beginning. It was there in the garden with Adam and Eve. 
darkness still does exist. God rules over it, and it won't prevail. And even though men and women choose to walk in darkness, and the dark seems to get darker, God promises, and Isaiah reminds us, that there is a promised light. Through Isaiah, God promised light. Look at verse 2. The people who walked in darkness past tense, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shown. Two great pictures of light. A great light, they have seen a great light, and a great light has shown. God was promising to rescue his people from the dark, ending oppression, delivering them from their sin, and to transform their old way of life to a new way of life. If you've experienced that transformation, you can't deny it. This is who I was before Jesus. This is who I am now. There was new life because of what Jesus did for me. And this light has come and arrived. And Isaiah looked out and he saw a brighter future. He mentions this land of Galilee, that northern part of the nation of Israel, which was the gateway to every invading nation. They would come from the north. The first place they would come upon was Galilee. And so Galilee was ran through over and over again by world power after world power. But for Galilee, there would be no more contempt in the future that the darkness of impression of oppression would be interrupted by glorious light and Galilee of the Gentiles would become the Galilee of the place of Jesus, the Messiah who would minister. Because the Messiah was coming to end darkness and to bring about light. And when his light shined down, there would be victory and peace. If you read on there in verse 5, it's reminding us that, that God would be the one that would secure the victory on the behalf of his people. That the Yoke, the staff, and the rod would be broken. All of those symbols of oppression would be broken. That peace was coming. War equipment would be piled up and burned because it wouldn't be needed anymore. And that victory that would come would bring transformation where gloom would turn to glory, darkness into light, and a remnant, a small remaining few of God's people would grow and flourish that sadness would be turned to joy and gladness and captivity would end in freedom and strife and fighting would come to peace. Peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night held us. An end to war, fighting, strife, and struggle. Supernatural, unbelievable peace that can come to the human heart in the midst of difficult circumstances in life. How could it be possible? How could we ever experience peace? Only when the Messiah came. Only when the one who is King of Kings would come. Only in Jesus. In Isaiah's beautiful picture, when that Messiah comes, there would be a response of rejoicing and victory, a wonderful celebration, a victory parade. 
few weeks ago, Houston Astros won the World Series. They had a parade in Houston. Every city that has a, a champion of something has a parade, and people show up in the streets, and they wear all their team colors, and they celebrate their team, and the team is paraded by, and it's joyful, and there's music. So with that picture in your mind, or maybe the World Cup with nations celebrating victory, think about a victory and a celebration because God is shining light and bringing freedom to his people and rejoicing in redemption and restoration that they are celebrating new hope because life is made new, that there's a new reality, a new joy on the horizon because the Messiah is coming. Look at verse 3. You have multiplied the nation, so the nation is going to increase in size. You have increased its joy. God's going to be the one to give greater joy. They rejoice, the people before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they did, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. So this joyful celebration will be greater than harvest time, the great time of celebration for God provided the seed for the the land, the land itself, the rain for the land. He grew the harvest and they celebrate the harvest or the spoils after a victory. God would give them satisfaction in himself and in all the goodness that he would provide, provided they put their trust in him. But where would this joy come from? Where would God do his work? What would this source of light be? Who would bring that deliverance? Who would bring victory? Who would bring peace? It was the promised one. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the Messiah, who would launch his ministry from Galilee. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 4. And he would shine his light into the world and we could sing joyfully. And agree with Isaiah when he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and the king to the brightness of your rising. That God would bring redemption, would bring light, and cause his people to be a light that would lead out to others coming. we can begin to paint the picture or build the connection that faith in Jesus the Messiah would light the darkness. God's people would be called his people by trusting in him. They were his portion, his possession and enjoying his benefits. We, because we have the privilege of putting our trust in Jesus, have the right to be called children of God, his chosen people, and enjoy all the wondrous benefits of salvation but today it's you know December the 4th 2022 and we look around and there's still darkness dark things happen but God sent the light we're not looking forward to a day when it will come we look to a day that has already come and will come again when he returns because this light is present there is present light Jesus, the one who said, I am the light of the world, is here. All through the Old Testament, God was connected with light. 
from the very beginning, from Genesis, where God himself proclaimed with words, let there be light, and there was light. Guiding his people as a pillar of fire. His holiness and righteousness pictured as a consuming fire. The nearness of his presence warming the souls of those who trust in him. The one who is a lamp unto the feet and a light to our path. And the one who would send the promised Messiah, the light of the world. All through the Old Testament we hear of the light that is coming. And then in the New Testament we celebrated at Christmas. Light arrives not in a palace but in a manger in Bethlehem on the day we celebrate as Christmas. And Jesus came to be the light that would overcome the darkness. We're going to look at it in a couple of weeks. But listen to what Jesus says. John chapter 8 verse 12. Again Jesus spoke to them saying I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you follow Jesus, you'll not walk in darkness. And if you trust in Jesus, you'll live in his light. Throughout this month, as we gather together, I'm going to be sharing stanzas from a hymn that was written by Philip Bliss, who was... Um, music leader and songwriter for D.L. Moody during his revival. The song is The Light of the World is Jesus. And listen to these opening words. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus light of the world is Jesus. That's why at Christmas light is so important. Millions of lights are strung around every year. They're strung from here to there. They're hung on just about anything possible. They're twisted together. They're, they're, they're wrapped around. They're draped over. And likely millions and millions of dollars are spent on lights. Before that Candles and lanterns were used to, to light homes and light windows, each one pointing to the fact that there was a light that shined brightly in the dark. John chapter 1, and we'll look here next week. He began looking at this in Sunday school. What a wonderful way to get ready for the Christmas season. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then verse 5, the dark the light shines in the darkness and what the darkness has not overcome it. You might need to put that on your refrigerator. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is still Jesus. The gospel is still powerful and the church still has a place in this world. The government may try to crowd us out. The culture may try to crowd us out. The people around you may just try to shout us down. The church is still the church. Christians are still Christians. Your testimony matters. Your voice is to be heard. And it is powerful and effective. So hear me this morning, Christian. Don't back down. The truth is the truth. Because it's the truth. 
we still need to love. We still need to understand, but we cannot back down from the truth. Because the truth is the way to life. when crazy people do dark stuff, it's not the time for us to worry and fear and cower. But it's the time for us to rise up and pray that the light would shine brighter in the hearts of men and women and that God would use us powerfully in this season. Because listen to what the light of Jesus in your heart does. I've unashamedly borrowed some of these. Well, actually borrow these lines from a Christmas song and you may recommend it. The light of Jesus in your heart melts the cloud of sin and sadness. People around us, Christmas, and people get depressed, and they're running to the liquor store. They're running to their favorite porn site run into everything to try to find something to drive the dark away. And what they're finding is emptiness, more darkness. The light of Jesus melts the clouds of sin and sadness. It drives the dark of doubt away. It also gives immortal gladness. It can be joy in the midst of your circumstances. You may hurt, and you probably do. The older you get, the more things hurt. You may have been hurt. Or you will be hurt. And there's a mortal gladness in Jesus. And then fills us with the light of day, which dispels the darkness. Oh, Christian, go and be a flashlight, a lamp, a candle into this dark world. Because Jesus came into the world to bring light to a dark world so that everyone who believes in him can walk in the light. Yes, it's true. Darkness is still around. Evil and sin are still here. Bad people still do bad things. We're still sinners who do bad things, but we have found a Savior who forgives us. Sadness, depression, and struggle go on. There's a weary world around us that's still waiting, still looking for hope, still looking for life. But there is a remedy. God has shined his light into the darkness. He sent his son Jesus to be the light of the world. To once and for all dispel the darkness of spiritual gloom. To light the way for any who will call on his name. And to call men and women out of the darkness. So I want to give you two things to do. Actually, there's five things because I have some subpoints underneath it. But there's two ways you can look at this. First thing, run to the light. Trusting in Jesus who is the light. It's the key step. If you're feeling dark and in darkness, maybe you haven't ever stepped into the light. Maybe you've never put that hope and trust in Jesus. Trust in him, the light. Run to him. Call out to him. Ask for forgiveness and you'll receive it. Trust in Him as Savior and He will be your Savior forever. Or maybe it's come back to the light. Maybe you feel like you've wandered a little bit. Maybe you feel like you've gotten out of the edge of the light, the spotlight of God's plan for you. 
to run back. And he'll run and meet you. There can be forgiveness and healing and restoration. If you stumble out in the dark, don't stay in the dark. Come back into the light. To run to the light is in second, shine the light. We have opportunities to affect what happens in the spiritual realm through our prayers. So pray for others to come into the light. Pray for God to put people in their path, situations along the way, give them dreams and visions to reveal himself to them, that they would step into the light and trust Jesus. So pray for others. Invite other people to hear about the light. So you can kind of see a progression of these. They kind of increase in boldness and kind of stretch your, um, your, your extrovert um, nature. First pray. You can do that and not even talk to anybody, right? Invite. It's a little bit more challenging because that involves interaction, conversation. You know, invite someone to join you, you know, for a church service. Invite them to a Bible study. Invite them for coffee. Invite others to hear about the light. This month would be a great time to invite them on a Sunday morning to come and join you in worship. And then third, share with others about the light. That God would give us courage and a boldness by His Spirit to step up and speak the truth about the light. Darkness is real. But God has made a way for light through Jesus. I want to close just by reading the chorus to The Light of the World is Jesus. Listen to what Bliss wrote. Come to the light, tis shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful that you promised the end of gloom and darkness and that even though we walk in darkness you have sent a great light in the person of Jesus and you have shown the light of your salvation through Jesus to a land of deep darkness so Lord help us as we listen to what you say to us by your spirit to run to the light to put our trust in you we've slipped or fallen to come back to you and not stay in the dark and in the shadows and that we would shine the light through our prayers through inviting people to church, Bible study through our testimony by sharing the gospel, the good news through the light oh Lord help us to see the light of the world is Jesus and we pray in his name Amen We prepare to, to listen, um, continue to listen to God as he speaks to us uh, by, his, by his spirit. The worship team is here to, to lead us in some, some music. I believe it's I surrender all. It's an opportunity for us to say, God, search me. What do I need to surrender? And let me do it today. Maybe it's to come to him for salvation. Maybe it's to, to come back to him in, in, in trusting faith and allowing him to heal and restore. Maybe it's just saying, God, I need your boldness. To, uh, to stand in prayer powerfully for others, to invite others, and to share with others.
or maybe you're battling some gloom, some darkness. And you need the light of Jesus to shine in and bring the joy of his light, the healing and the comfort and the refreshment. You can do that at the altar by yourself. I'll be welcome. I'll be happy to pray with you. You can have someone else pray with you. I just trust that you'll listen to God as he speaks this morning. I truly believe he's spoken to each one of you. So let's stand together, sing, and listen, and respond. God, my, my hope and my prayer that as we, we sing those words, that it becomes more than just 
words that flow from our lips, but it comes from our heart that we truly would say, God, what, what do you want me to surrender to and that we would surrender up to and including everything that we have? And we would see that he is faithful and he's good. Thank you for being here. I want to invite you to be here next week as we look at light and life together. John chapter 1, the person of Jesus. We continue to look at Jesus, the light of the world. So thank you for being here this morning. Enjoy worshiping with you. And Glenna is going to come and say something about the Lottie Moon Post Office before we go. getting them out but we do have the mailboxes here and you can come and address your cards just with the name not the address because we're not going to mail them through the post office uh, system but we will circulate them among the members and we have a list on the table out there of the people that are active so you can get their names and if you'll bring them put them in a basket we'll sort them out and alphabetize them so that you can find them easily we suggest that you give a 10 cents per card donation. It goes to Lottie Moon. So we're just trying to save some money from the post office. You know, ease their burden a little bit. <laughs> right, Fred? <laughs> but it will go to a good cause. So uh, participate in that. It's fun. Thank you. You can't beat that. That's only 10 cents a card. And just remember, there's names, there's a list of everybody's names, and if you do plan to do those cards, then it'll save your handwriting, too. You don't even have to write the address. You can just write a name and sign the inside. And um, take advantage of that, and all that money goes toward missions. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. We're going to sing together, and when we start to sing, um, you are dismissed and free. The Lord bless you. Peace.